This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, so good to see you guys. I am Ron Onethi here at Rock and Roll Heaven in St. Charles, Illinois at the Arcata Theater right outside of Chicago, looking outside the window. And you know, it's uh, there, over the window over there. Um, don't let that fool you. We've got six inches of snow coming down right now. So we're going to feel the warmth of our Rock and Roll Brothers tonight. Episode 35, we are hanging and banging tonight. Artists on lockdown and uh, we are going to have just another great show. Like I said, this is our 35th week and um, it's been really, really incredible. We've had some really special moments, some special uh, heartwarming moments um, that we've uh, we've said goodbye to some brothers in arms that we've lost. We said hello to some new guys. We've talked about some great career moments and it's really been incredible. And I'm telling you, thank you all so much. Matter of fact, I'm going to do something we haven't done before real quick. Hey, Gina uh, from Florida. Good to see you. Uh, Billy Eggleston, always supporting Jeremy. Of course, Big L, thank you for supporting us. Uh, Johnny, Pauline, all you guys are here every week. Every Thursday we are here, uh, 6 o'clock uh, Central Time. And uh, uh, we just really appreciate you guys supporting the show. And I got to bring my brothers. Hey, Aaron, good to see you, man. Ah, you heard it on the X. Nice. Uh, Jackie Beals, I love you. We love you. And again, Pauline, good to see you guys. So everybody, look at Anita. Anita's always uh, celebrating and supporting us. Uh, Mila, Mila Hiles and Mary. So Brent, everybody checking in. A whole bunch of people from all over the country hanging and banging with us. And I am going to introduce my brothers in rock and roll. First of all, you know him from Dio. You know him from Black Sabbath and uh, Last in Line. And you know him from him busting my chops every week. But I love this guy, Vinny Apice. Come to the microphone. My, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hi. Somebody nudge him. You know, you get to be Vinny's age. You have to. Oh, hi, Vinny. Uh, hi. Oh I was just getting a good nap in, I'll tell you. You know what? I, you. I just thought we would say hello. I mean, you got some of these people, Vin, every week that support us. I thought it'd be nice to say hi. That's all. I know. I know. But just listening to you, it was so exciting. I fell asleep. You know? You're supposed to be supporting me and, and complimenting. You're supposed to be like building me up. This is our show. You're is that a long sleeve shirt? It's three degrees out. <laughs> Give me a break. Are you really? Is it snowing there? Honestly, God, we're going six or seven inches tonight. Oh, man. 
I'm in California with the wind chill. It's like 72 degrees. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, let's bring our big brother uh, to the microphone. And uh, I tell you what, it was really, really good. How about last week's show? Seriously. Um, Ooh, you know, I like uh, our, uh, our tribute to Tim Bogert. And yeah, I tell you what, that was great. It really, really was. And I was honored to be a part of it. And, you know, every week, obviously, uh, Carmine's part of the show. I mean, his show and your show and, and um, last week was really special. You know, I mean, he was he was a guest, and to get his his uh, take on on uh, his brother that uh, his other brother that passed away, Tim Boger, is really something. So let's bring him to the microphone. You know, from Villa Vanilla Fudge, Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck, and everybody else. Carmine, a piece. Hi, buddy. Hey, dude. Yeah, well, I will chill over here. It's about seventy-one too, Vin. I don't know. <laughs> did he say Vanilla Fuck? What did he oh, say? I did. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Actually, actually, when Carmine was on the Ed Sullivan show, I remember this story. They made you change the head because it looked like it said vanilla fuck on the no. camera. Did it really? No, no. It's a, uh, yeah. Vanilla fudge. Some one show you had to change the front head. It said vanilla fudge. Oh, yeah, fudge. yeah. Not Ed Sullivan, though. It's another show. It said, they, thought, they thought it said vanilla fuck. Right. And if I know these as somebody... You probably did that to him. You were probably 12 years old, and you snuck it on there and changed his head. Yeah, he probably changed his spelling. He changed his spelling on it. That, he would do that. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, Carm, we're just touching on this, really. We joke around a lot. We have a lot of fun. And and Vinny's only half serious when he busts my chops all the time. But I, <laughs> but I got to say, you know, last week, uh, thank you for allowing me to be a part of that very special show. We all are, are – uh, we were touched, you know, like I said, I think last week you were more of a guest than any one of our other shows and getting your take on it. And it was really emotional. And and thanks for, for allowing us to be part of a very personal moment. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, great. Last week, last week was great. I mean, just having those guys, all those guys on last week, you know, it was uh, nine people. My my mm -hmm. friend, AJ Fritz, who's a, uh, a DJ, he said it gives you credit. For catering to all nine people, you know, eight people well, on there. Interesting. It's not, that's, you know not, that's not easy. Well, you know what? It isn't, you know, but by the same token, when you have uh, a central subject that everybody is so passionate about, you know, Tim, and, and having, you know, his bandmates, I mean, the rest of the fudge on, and, uh, it, it just, you know, and even Vinny, you know, again, your take on uh, a Tim as oh, another yeah. father, was really, I mean, honest to God, it was really, really heartwarming, really special. It was really wonderful last week. You know, when you played that Timmy solo at the end of the show, I yeah. knew that by heart. So did Angelo. My friend really? Angelo used to play bass. We used to know that solo by heart. <laughs> I haven't heard it in years. So it's a great effect. On it, was in your, it was still in your yeah, solo. I haven't, right? I haven't heard it by years either. I just got a text from Ty. He's trying to get on. And he keeps <laughs> saying loading. So well, I'll tell well, you, there's a lot of computer problems in the world. Yeah, yeah we, need, we need to fix them. I need to do a school of uh, how to be on the internet live. You do that, man. A rock and I roll. Do, I do it every week over here, back in the back, and there's always something going wrong too. You know, yeah. Right, Doug, Doug, break and, a, Doug will be here in a minute, so we'll go we'll to our next uh, next uh, guest. First. Well, we got, we've got uh, uh, Doug and Ty, both from King's X, coming to the microphone in a little bit. Again, King's X, yeah. fan, very excited to talk to those guys. Um, we're going to start our show, though, with a, with a guy, again, 
um, to, to to talk about all his projects, we'd need two or three hours. Uh, his his vocal abilities that has stretched along so many and, and various genres of music. Let's bring our buddy Jeff Scott Soto to uh, do the microphone. How yeah. you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, Jeff, what's up, dude? Wake yeah. up, wake up. Come on, man. Get Hola, como estas todo? Look at it. It's Italian. It's a Puerto <laughs> Rican. I've got the first question for you. What's that platinum record behind you for? The only platinum and gold I got behind me is uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra. That's the, uh, that's nice. yeah. I mean, that's what else do you need? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. True. Well, well, you can get a few more. Like, you get a few more. 13, you know. Yeah, you can get a few more. But your voice is—I uh, I gotta say—you got one of the greatest voices. Around. Yeah. Jeff kicks ass. Love your voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you never worked with me and Vinny in a band. You know. You know what? And, and it's funny because it, it, I say it all the time. I, I say it to you, but I say it to everyone. The yeah. first, you, Carmine, you've been in so many things. You've been part of yeah. so many bands, projects, your own stuff, stuff with your brother, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The one thing that really, that the one that really stroked my meat, well, I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> some, some way to. Let me get a visual. Hang on. Uh, oh, wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get a little like. Uh, that first, first King Cobra record, Ready no to kidding. Strike. Man. Wow. The, the, really? Everything, everything from soup to nuts on that record, it really yeah. took me to school. I, I love Mark Marcy's voice, Mark, Mark, great uh, voice. the songs, the, the performances. Now, yeah. I always wanted to ask you about this because it's one of my favorite. It, it is on my top ten okay. favorite oh, records great. of all Thank time. You. Thank you. Is it true that you played the drums over the were already recorded guitars and bass? Like they did the, everything to a click or drum machine, and you put your drums after the fact. No, not with that record. Really? That was done. That was done in the studio. And I remember one of the tracks. I, I can't remember what track it was. It was like "Take Freaking 18. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Take 18. I said, "Come on already!" And then we got Vinny over here. It was my. We got Vinny, the the man I've I worked with at the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Joel Hooks was thirteen. We yeah. were on the Monsters of Rock cruise playing together. We did it. We even right. did a gig in Brazil on uh, on one of those rock cruise boats out there as yeah. well. No, and I, I'll no. never forget it. I'll never I, I'll never no. forget the look. I'm, he'll probably give us the same face again. <laughs> I was totally I was oh. yanking his chain because there was a there was a band like a house band playing a top forty band playing. After we did our set, we did whatever. We're all hanging out in the bar. We in the VIP section, and then Vinny goes, "Hey Jeff." We should go do a hostile takeover. We, we take over the band. You know any Zeppelin? You know any Black Sabbath? And I'm I'm like, I know the songs. I don't know the words. And I go, he goes, well, what do you know? I go, do you know any Lover Boy? And the face, the look on his face, I swear to God, because he, he thought I was Lover dead serious. Boy. And he was like, you got, I, I swear, I thought I would never talk to Vinny again. He hey, Vinny, what do you mean? We have God. a Lover Boy next week on the show. Yeah, well, then I'll be nice. But <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm like take one and two. Oh, not eighteen. But can you do this? I don't have six. Okay, that's the reason. I just got to oh, yeah, say, so I'm good. It's a you play to Love Boy, you guys. For, Which for Love Boy? What Love Boy song did you have in mind that night, dude? I. And you can bring this up when you have Lover Boy on this. I know them all. 
I could have seen that. I know them all. I'm that, sorry. That was, and it, I was joking because I knew that that would just throw you a total, a total curveball. It's like I that's never, not what I wanted to hear. But no, I do know I'm, them all. Can you can you make the face? Can you make the face Vinny made? It was sort of like, ah, it, it's kind. That's kind of the look. I moved over two stools. <laughs> it's like it's like I something smells. What what? I gotta get out of here. Come on, uh, you gotta be da 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 It's like don't play that. That's for usually in that situation. It's like. Somebody wants, they ask me to jam, and it's like a Sabbath song, or yeah, yeah, yeah. let's play a Dio song, you know. They conform to you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Vinny, Lover you know, boy. working for the weekend? Lover <laughs> boy. Yeah, but Everybody's working Jeff, for Jeff would probably, Jeff could probably sing a good Dio song and sing it well. Oh, he could kill it. Know. Yeah, absolutely. We could have done Stand Up and Shout. We could have done Last yeah. Night. Yeah. We could have done a lot of those things. Yeah. Next yeah. time it's working for the weekend, we'll do it next time I see you. <laughs> The kid is hot tonight. <laughs> so we're gonna do a Lover Boys tribute band with Vinny at the drums. You got it, brother. We got to rehearse. Boy. And next time I jam with Jeff, we're gonna do Ready to Strike. Yes. Right. I always love the beginning of Hunger there. Whoa! Oh, yeah. like oh, please take my yeah. money. Man, that was awesome. So, Jeff, let me ask you something. 14 years you're with uh, the TSO and obviously a huge orchestral situation. You're, you know, you're with Ingve, monster, freaking, how many marshals, 100, 110s do you have on stage? Back then oh. it was just, it was just six back then. Really? Well, now he's up to like 20, <laughs> seriously, like, I, that's like 26. It's, it's crazy what yeah, he is. And now yeah. it's a wall. It yeah, really but they're is. not plugged in. They're not plugged in. Yeah, the funny <laughs> thing is, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. I was doing a show in uh, Buenos Aires like three or four years ago with my band Soto, and the promoter was telling me about he had Ingve there like a couple weeks earlier, and I said, "How was it to work with?" He goes, hey, "It was all right. He was nice, except he was really particular about the amps." Now oh. on his rider, I had to supply something like thirty yep. Marshall heads of a certain class, but they had to be. The JC class 2000 C model V. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the ass. I, I, and, and there was like two of them he couldn't find. He got every marshal in the entire city of Buenos Aires. And there were two, he couldn't couldn't get the two that matched them. So he kind of stuck them in there. And he goes, Nope, I need, even though they're not turned on, they, they yeah. just have to have that set, you know, that look about and it. And they use that kind of amplification in the studio too. I don't know. That, that, wasn't that, that wasn't that the Marshall uh, 2000 JVC asshole model? <laughs> it's funny because All I'm saying is it, it, it was kind of like the brown M and M's yeah, uh, situation yeah. where they were they put it. I, I'm sure they put it on there to see if they're paying attention to the writer. But I yeah. think he truly, seriously, it had to be that. So the yeah. guy went everywhere, and he had to find those two extra heads. Yeah. Well, for That's me, crazy. when he comes plays by me and I got to provide all that stuff, I save money on the rentals because I don't have to right. rent the cords to plug them in. So I save some money there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get the extension cord. Uh, you know, I save on elect electricity that night. Um, but my <laughs> question, Jeff, because obviously, you know, your, your, your instrument, you're playing with so much power behind you on stage. Do you find it difficult sometimes because you've got to belt out these, especially with your vibrato, your high pitch, 
Um, but you've got, you know, 22 musicians behind you. You've got an you had an Ingve at the time that's really, you know, strong, powerful. Do you ever find yourself like battling against that as a vocalist? I did in the old days, of course. You know, when we had the little wedges or the side fills. And then especially when everybody's loading those things up with more sound, of course, you, you that's one of the reasons I learned to sing loud. I mean, I'm a loud singer. I, I can't yeah. sing soft. Like but, uh, with, with TSO, you got, since T, since Journey, actually, I, I learned the uh, the in-air monitors. So since those came along, that's that's a huge help because you can adjust how loud it's blasting in your ear that you actually have to now compete with. And I don't have to sing as loud as I did. Some things I have to sing loud just to get the notes because if I sing too soft and there's a higher note, they ain't going to come out. But right. I'm 55 now. Back in the day, 22, 25, yeah. 35, even 45, I had more control. Now I'm getting older. So you got to get. Hey, hey when, <laughs> when he hit when he hit my age, you'd be like, hey. <laughs> everybody's working. <laughs> hey Jeff, didn't you do the soundtrack to uh, the movie Rockstar? Yes, sir. Wow! I did, uh, I did, I did three songs. L on listen that. to that shit on that thing, man. Yeah, yeah. awesome. And it's it's become a staple. Uh, one of the songs, the song "Stand Up." Everybody calls it "Stand Up and Shout." No, the Dino song is "Stand Up and Shout." Right. This one is just called "Stand Up." That's become a staple of mine, especially in the, on the live setting. You know, I, I, we even did, did that song live with Soul Circus, the band I had with Neil Sean, because it's one of those arena rock songs. Now you hear it on basketball yeah. games, hockey games. You hear it all the time. So it's um it, it's cool to have that as part. It's kind of that's like my Moni Moni or my uh, did you did you write part, that? Did you, part two. Did you write what it? That? No, did no, that's a Sammy it? Hagar song. Oh, Sammy song. Okay. Sammy yeah. wrote the original, and then I, I think the original had more of the lyrics and the vibe of the version that he eventually released. Right. And then right. they kind of changed it and shifted it so it fit more the movie and the soundtrack. So my version is it, it's kind of similar, but it's different. And they're using uh, yeah. Sammy's version in a lot of sporting events now, too. I get people, hey, Jeff, I hear a stand-up playing. It's like, that's not me. That's Sammy. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. Jeff, I did the, I did demos for that. Um, oh, really? The demos that we went in the studio with some band and recorded all that. those songs. Yeah, okay. Bud Carr, I think. Yeah, yeah, Bud, Bud Carr. Carr. He was and, a music uh, supervisor. And the producer, it was a famous producer, and he walks in, and I'm playing with the band. We're all getting off on it, ah, going crazy. And then the producer walks in and he goes, well, you got to stop playing. You got to play it even, do the fills even and, you know, put it. Oh, boy. Put it straight. Talking to the wrong guy. What? So even. <laughs> we did that and the whole band's like, oh, shit, this sucks. Like this. Then Bud Carr <laughs> walks in and he goes, he listens to the stuff. He goes, it's a little stiff, you know. It's oh, a, just play him, play him the other takes before this guy came in. And he played him the other one. He goes, that's it, man. You know, where we were flying off and yeah, 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 kicking ass, you know. So it was so no, was funny because that, that Worman was that Tom Worman doing even I didn't want to mention names. Well, no, I'm I, all you got to do <laughs> is Google who produced the soundtrack. It was Tom Worman. So, yeah, so he, made me, me, he made me play like Joey, Tom Worman, but <laughs> like Joey Kramer, you know, who's Joey does what he does great, yeah, but the roles are very even, da, 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 da. right? Right, 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 you know. I do, my roles are not, Carmine's roles are not like that. We play in the Brooklyn style, Italian style. Right. right all over the place. Come on. And that's the amazing <laughs> thing. I mean, it, of course, you guys are going to have your own vibes. You're, you're going to have your own styles. But it's it's incredible how absolutely different you are as drummers. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. there's other things that are almost identical. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, you know what? I, I did to the session yesterday. 
as Vinny set up my studio for me, showed me how to use it. And I did a session yesterday for Cleopatra. I played on Arthur Brown's Fire. Oh, oh cool. nice. So, so you know, I got this like real Carmine Led Zeppelin kind of drum sound going here. So I sent it to the producer. I said, look, I got a bunch of fills going on at the end. And, and now it's like Arthur Brown meets Led Zeppelin. You know? <laughs> nice. So, so I wait for him to come back. He goes, "Sounds great. Send me the stems." I said, "Okay, you got it." Awesome. Yeah. And then, and then I put then the. He'll uh, cut everything. He'll uh, cut everything out. No, no, he can't cut it out. Taste all the straight stuff. So, what does that have to do with Vinny? You, you, it sounded like you were gonna say something that. No, had no, to do with yeah. Vinny. So, so we when we play live, <laughs> when we play live, I do this thing with the snare drum. I play the the snares with the pick. Oh, okay. Know? Really? Like, yeah. Like yeah, a banjo. So, yeah, it's like, uh, I can show you that. Hold on. Yeah. I can demo that. This is awesome. So you take this. So I did this on that track, Vin, on, on, on that. So you go like. Uh... Man. See, I didn't know you did that, man. That is really something to, to, yeah, to hear. Uh, yeah, you know, when we do it live, we play it. When we do play. our show, yeah. I, I put it on. I was looking for my egg shaker. I was going to join yeah, in. Yeah, right on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when we do it live, I put it on a strap. I put a mic on it. And I walk around the stage with a pick, and Minnie stays on the drum. We get this cool groove going. So I was listening to it. I said, oh, I'm going to put this on there. I was like, bah, 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 you know, like that. It's really cool. And the, and the producer didn't know what the hell that was because, you know, nothing sounds like it. You know? What's your name? The track? Snare <laughs> banjo or something? Or what? Guitar snare banjo. Because I got a mic and I got all the mics here. I got a mic in the bathroom that gets the ambience. So yeah. every time I do a session or something, there's one track that says bathroom. <laughs> what the fuck? Is really? Well, yeah, I got the I got a well, mic, a mic the, in the bathroom. The head. I got the mic on the back head of this. I got that too. I like it. I tried yeah. it. It's good, right? I like yeah, I like it too. This is I about the mic. I don't need the bathroom mics because I got a room to put two two mics in there. Vinny's actually smaller. Smaller. They call each other. Yeah. I mean, they're they're sharing all this information that, uh, like they never see each other. I know it's behind. This is really behind the scenes. There's a <laughs> mic back there that I use for vocal when I do the live stream. It's a fifty-eight. And I notice when I'm recording and that, and I put it on, I never use it to record. I use it to talk while I'm streaming. Probably sounds you, great. It brightens the whole thing up. So I'm going to start using that on the tracks too, that mic back there. Yeah. yeah. It just opened the whole thing up on. Holy yeah. shit. When I put, when great. I put the bass drum mic on, on the back end, there's a 58 as well. It picks up the bottom and the snare and the bass drum. And it's an old bass drum. It just, Sounds great. And then I pan right. uh, Anything we can talk about? That, uh, well, 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 no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, Jeff. When <laughs> I put them by, Jeff. Appreciate when it. When I put the mic in the back of it, it really picks up the snare and the bass drum twice as much. Because Vinny's twice as, as loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've, 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 I've had him playing behind me. I know that's true. <laughs> you know what, guys? <laughs> I am. I'm I, again. I always say this. I'm the lucky one. I'm the fan. You guys are, are the musicians. You guys are the legends and icons. When um, Last in Line comes by us, I get to be with my my brother Vinny. 
when I had the fudge by me, obviously the legend, Carmine, Sons of Apollo. So lucky to work with Jeff Scott Soto. Uh, another and we had everybody. We I had know. His whole band on here. I know. Portnoy. Portnoy hasn't been on here. Portnoy's the last. We got to get Portnoy. He has. Of course, Bumblefoot's here every other week. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> he, he literally is. Sometimes it's funny. You guys remember one of the, I forgot what episode we had Bumblefoot on. I don't think he said anything. I don't think we asked him a question. I think we had 20 yeah. people on or something. He was still on. Yeah, we, we, tell, we said Bumblefoot, he's a hanging and banging contributor, like they say yeah. on the news. And Billy's getting to be too. Yeah, Billy's great too. But anyway, fans, uh, again, I'm lucky at the Arcata Theater St. Charles. I have you guys. I've been by me several times. Another one of my all-time favorite guys that comes to the band, uh, King's X. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, about a the, my, the way their sound fills my theater and has everybody rocking. Nobody's sitting down. We got two of the guys right here joining us. I'm very excited. We got guitarist Ty Tabor, and we've got bassist Doug Finnick. And we're right now, gentlemen. There they are. Yeah. Everybody's got a hat on. I hey, hey. <laughs> we got to go get hats there. <laughs> I need a well, hat. Hat. Just going gray, that's all. Cover yeah. up. Same. That's, that's my I've gone, I went hat. purple. I've gone purple. I don't know. <laughs> that's good. Well, you, you have hair to go purple with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, Doug? Right? That's what I said. Hi, that's how you I doing, Ty? I haven't seen you in so long. Man, I'm doing great. Just freezing my butt off. It's cold up here right now. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you, Ty? Kansas City. Kansas City. Oh, oh really? Yeah. It's that cold out. Yeah. So we got... Yeah. We got Doug, you're in California, right? Sunny LA, it's wonderful here. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it a, it's a balmy. I'm, I'm in Florida, it's wonderful here, here too. Yeah, it's Ron nice. and Ty are suffering. I got six inches of snow happening right outside oh. in Chicago, and, and I got y'all chose, chose to live there. Y'all chose to live there. I well, hang on here because uh, Doug, I'm you know I'm gonna kind of mad at you because you're you're born you're born here. You're yeah. born outside of Joliet. You're one yeah. of them, and you flew. You took off on us, man. I you left. left I here. left as quick as I could. I yeah, yeah, but he, but, I but was he left a long time ago. He was in Dallas, Houston for ages, too. Oh, yeah. I loved it in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. When did you leave here, Doug? When did you leave Joliet? Uh, 1979. Wow. Well, that's a good yeah. year to leave, I guess. <laughs> oh, that was a year after the uh, the big storm that uh, yep. the, there was so much snow that I couldn't find my car on the street. And oh. that's true. That we, <laughs> wow. we had the snow plows moving all the yeah. snow. And there's a, oh I got a picture God. of me in 79. I was, what, maybe 14 years old. Ah. And I'm literally hugging the street signs. And I'm sitting on top. That's how big the snow was. It was crazy. Right. I remember those days. Snow is, snow is up to the top of my door. Crazy, uh, man. Yeah. Just crazy. Well, good to see you guys. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Hey, uh, thanks. Uh, I see, do you guys see Jeff in the corner there? Yes. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing good, Doug. Ty, nice to meet you. You're the last of the Mohicans. I've already met Jerry. I know Doug pretty well, and you're the last yeah. one I finally get to meet. Well, cool. Nice yeah. to meet you, too. It, it, it's oh. like I tell everyone in the business or telling anybody who never heard of King's X, you got to be dead inside. Yeah, you yeah, man. King's X. Oh, oh. yeah man. Thank you. Man. You guys left a stamp, I'm telling you. When I did my guitar's dish record, I said, you know, uh, I got, I had Brian May scheduled, Ted Nugent, and the next ones I got were these two guys. I said, nice. because if I get these two guys, Brian May and Ted Nugent, I'm going to 
it's going to be like a drawing card for everybody else to come in. <laughs> and, I, and I was right. And wow. Doug, not only a great bass player, he's got the voice from hell here, from death. Really? Thanks. You know, great voice. And Ty, great playing. I love him. I had, a, I had a little conversation with Doug once, a few years at a Halloween party. We've had many. And we were talking mm -hmm. about Sly Stone. We were talking yeah. about all the things. Because obviously, you know, he, where he grew up and when he grew up, he was surrounded by a lot of music, you know, that I was still a kid. I was too young to either go to the shows or the uh, the artists were already deceased or right. broken up or weren't, whatever the situation. So we were talking, have you ever seen Hendrix live? You ever seen Sly live? I mean, I, I was just loving his story. I could just sit there. I was enthralled by all that history that uh, that Doug had from all that music that I grew up. Even as a kid, that music was so inspiring to me and still is. Oh and yeah, man, we, I, and oh, by I, the I, way, I didn't see Hendrix live or Sly no, no. live, but we did. We did discuss that. <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> but we, we oh, talk about Sly well, though. Fuck you! <laughs> I saw Sly get married. Come on, Madison. come on, come on! I you, saw you, Sly. Listen, listen! I saw Sly get married at Madison Square Garden. Wow! Oh, yeah. <laughs> you dog. Was that and after and Tiny Tim did it on the Tim, show? And me and Tim jammed with him for an encore. Me and Bogart. Wow! We wanted, really? I want to take you higher. We did well, it. Oh, wow! We did hey. it in, in, in Connecticut, and we did it in uh, in Boston. I think it was. Wow! It's awesome. Yeah. That's but you so know, cool. you, know yeah. you got to play with some of them live, didn't you? Yeah, uh, Cynthia and Jerry and um, uh, Greg. Oh, nice. We did about five uh, Sly songs. I think it was. Uh, it was that Buddy Miles um, memorial party. Right. And, uh, wow. and it was it was uh, I was supposed to just go sing some uh, cover tunes and something said to me, bring your bass. And when I got there, <laughs> Billy Cox was supposed to come show up and he didn't show up. And, uh, and I said, I can play Sly. But I tell you what, there's a pitch that Sly and the Family Stone is fav my favorite band in the whole world. So yeah. to have Greg sit standing next to me and hearing the horns go, dun, 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 I, oh, almost, I almost passed out. It was, it was <laughs> I've never had an experience like that in my life because it was like it was them. Yeah. So you know, wow. You know, uh, Sly, Sly and the Family Stone uh, opened up for Vanilla Fudge back in the day. Oh my God! On the first, just when their first album came out, and, and I loved Greg when I first saw him. So, oh, man, man, he yeah. is a soulful. They dude. they really yeah. they kept the the music, the Family Stone and Rose. They they kept that going. Yeah. Thank God that they did. They're still doing. Jerry's still doing a little. Yeah. Doing yeah. A hey guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and of course the legendary. Carmine a piece. But you know, you just touched on something, uh, Car, about opening up and you know, King's X back in the day. I mean, you know, I think it was part of uh, your record label deal or something, but the people that you opened for, how much of an influence I know that you did, for example, you, you opened for Pearl Jam, but then you wind up being in uh, 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 an actual influence to Pearl Jam. So how did the, uh, the all those great bands tell me some of the bands that you opened for? Because it was like crazy. What you guys did in the beginning i'll tell you a little story a real quick one i was hanging out with jeff Amon from pearl jam and mike stuberu uh he played in green river and they he, they both play in a side project that we have called trace mountains mm -hmm. and they they told me that when we first played seattle in 88 we went up there they said any band that had a record deal was a national act every band in town went to see 
And we played that show. I remember playing it and uh, we met Allison Chains and, and uh, 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 Richard Stuverell told me, he said every band in town was there that night. Wow. Yeah. And and uh, he said, you can ask Jeff. He says, I'm sure he'll agree. And I remember that maybe six months, seven months later, everybody was drop me tuned and grooving. And so all I know is everybody was looking for a new groove, you know? Yeah. And Soundgarden was doing the same thing. So, yep. you know, what can we do but say that some of us, you know, i tell you a little story too. Um, Kim Fails told me that uh, he introduced Chris to drop me tuning in 80, 85. And Ty wrote in the uh, Pleiades in 85 and showed us a drop D song. Ah, and I think, really? I think, I don't know about anybody else, but I knew Chris and we talked about this stuff and we ran with that, you know? And, uh, you know, so that's, that's your answer that I can give you. Well, talking about Chris, you know, I mean, the whole Chris Cornell, uh, um, uh, the embodiment of his music. I mean, did you see a, a parallel with some, you know working with him and Soundgarden? Sound did that affect any of your sound writing, uh, songwriting at all? Well, I knew him a little bit, and I think we we pushed each other in many ways. You know, I I, I really really did. We had a we had a, a really long conversation when they were doing Super Unknown, and we were doing uh, Dogman, and we were laughing about how high we sing and have nowhere to go and stuff and we both said that we both made a pact and said let's croon on this record sing lower stop yelling so much and both of those records i noticed that we didn't do a lot of screaming up in that high thing you know so oh uh, you know i got lots of stories about me and chris so it, it's uh you know he i miss him oh yeah how yeah. about you ty are, are you involved in the songwriting uh a part of this whole um uh, the King's the King's X songwriting experience. How does that go down with you guys? <laughs> uh, well, I, in the early days, uh, I wrote about half the songs on the album, and Doug yeah. wrote about half the songs on the album. Yeah. We always both contributed, and and it was a hodgepodge of both of us. So, but is it an individual and an individual? Do you guys collaborate a lot on songs, or now more than before of course we we occasionally collaborate uh usually that happens if we're already in the studio with a bunch of songs that everybody brought and then uh we start messing around with things like i remember when we did uh the album 15 everybody brought in their own stuff as usual but um we just wanted to have another song that was kind of up tempo so we just wrote something on the spot and we wrote our doug came out with the original idea for go tell somebody and uh yeah. when we went in to record it we knocked it out in what an hour yeah that was it yeah but and you know also that was, that also was a, a uh -oh. we had all kinds of uh like uh on the very first album the the only collaboration on the first album i think was wonder right yeah yeah Where the whole yeah band it was. wrote the song together doug <clears throat> but yeah, usually it's it individual songs and then we all mm -hmm. We usually take all the songs and, and uh, have a good look at them, and we're all free with changing things and stuff, and it becomes a band thing no matter who brings it in. Uh, how long were you guys uh, together before you got signed? Eight years. Eight years. Really? Wow. wow. You were but out there for I gotta, a while, I, man. I, I got to tell you, you were talking about the songwriting thing. Uh, what was it? Tapehead, uh, 
uh, Mr. Bulbous and Manic Moonlight, uh, all those records are pretty much written a collaboration together from almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, one of my favorite albums is uh, Names. <laughs> is uh, Please Come Home, Mr. Bulbous. I mean, <laughs> that. But I, you know, since we're on that topic, Gretchen goes to Nebraska. <laughs> what? How did that? <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell it, Ty? Yeah, this is one of my <laughs> this is one of my favorite things ever. Um, the fact is, uh, we had released an album called Sneak Preview that we kind of felt really embarrassed about because it really didn't sound that great. And the, when we saw the cover, we thought we can't sell this. So we would go to shows and uh, just kind of toss those out you know, these vinyl out onto the dance floor, you know, first five people out, get a record and didn't even try to sell them. And so we were making, <laughs> we were making fun of that record and trying to come up with the worst possible name for an <laughs> album that you come up with. Oh and my God. One of our, That's one funny. of our crew, a guy named Kevin morning laughingly said, call the next one. Gretchen goes to Nebraska. And we all died laughing. <laughs> oh he just came up with that. That is and unbelievable. We, we said right then and there, we said, we don't oh know when, God. but one day mm-hmm. we're going to put that record out. So are, so you saying <laughs> are you saying there's actually no Gretchen? It just, no. Gretchen got created after the fact. There was, <laughs> Jerry wrote this whole story that had nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. It was a joke. It was a total wow. joke. There's no Mr. Bulbous either. No. no you, <laughs> you haven't seen Vinny on an off night. Oh, I'll get you back. I got you, man. He got you. Sorry. (laughs) You don't have to pay for that. I am going to pay for that for the next three weeks. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I got some here. here. You know, I met these guys in 1989 (laughs) when we were on tour with Blue Murder. (laughs) It was was, uh, Hey, Cameron. Blue Murder and, and Billy Squire. Yeah. So and I I love that music. So uh, I'm the kind of guy where we're on tour with the band. I go, hey, whose bus is that? Oh, that's King's X. I walked on the bus, right? Yeah. And what are they playing? They're playing Cactus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really. And I said, whoa, did you know I was coming on? I go, no, man, we love Cactus. You always play it. I said, wow. I was blown away. And then when I heard them play and sing, I said, man, these guys are just. It, they're, they're tremendous. Yeah. I became an immediate fan. You know? And we say that, and we say that every week. And I, and I hate to embarrass you again, Carmine and Vinny, but these two guys have touched more bands and more yeah. performers and more individual performers in ways. It's incredible, really. It's and the, haven't been arrested for it. Hey, <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on again. It's <laughs> 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 just haven't been convicted, Jeff. So. Anyway, Jeff. Yes. Um, I know there's. You've been doing some things. Um, people are asking about Talisman. I mean, you're 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 going back to it. Obviously, you're doing Soto stuff. Obviously, Sons. You know, he come by us, and when the COVID thing, you're on tour. But Talisman keeps coming up. You did. Uh, I, I I love I love Never Die. Um, no, I love it. Uh, in in tribute to uh, um to your guy to Marcel. Um, yeah. You know, when he passed in 09? 09, yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, tell me the story about that song in particular, that tribute to Marcel, um, and also what's happened with Talisman, because everyone's asking. You're, 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 you're tickling it a little bit. What's going on? Yeah. 
Well, everybody clearly is they're doing their own things, and that's that's the hardest part in trying to wrangle and corral everybody. This during this time would have been the best time for us to actually do some more together. But it's it's kind of a mixed bag of nuts because as much as we want to continue doing it, there's always the feeling of should we do it? We don't want to just drag the name through the mud just because we, you know, we have a body of work and a legacy of that band that we can actually move on from. But Marcel was the creator of that band along my, with myself. And, you know, we had a few different incarnations, but the last version of that band is the one that we're still using now. And it was my idea to do the song for his, the anniversary of his passing, the 10 year anniversary. And then, uh, and then from there, we, we actually did another one. We did another tune. They just got thrown at us. I think it was uh, the drummer and the guitar player, Pontus and Jamie, they wrote a song together sent it to me said maybe you can do something with this it came out so great and i thought we were going to release it for marcel's birthday that just passed the other day but we're going to do something with it it's got to be the timing's got to be right there's a few legal things tying it up as well mm, because sure. when marcel when marcel took his life he left behind a letter for his one of his best friends who was actually our label owner uh back in the day when talisman was active and he bas he left specific instructions to take over the I guess the the estate of the band, they make sure that we're all our royalties are taken care of, we're paid and all that. He basically left them a note to just oversee everything. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's another label involved that also feels that they're part of the original last contract, whatever. So it's a little bit of a legal dispute, and I don't want to get in the middle of it. I stay clear from it. If we right. do something together, I think it would be great. I think we should honor the legacy of what we Absolutely. did together as a band. But I'm not going to force it, especially I don't want people to think we're dragging it through the mud. And I don't want any legal wars. So, yeah, it's it's kind of in limbo right now. But in, in particular, um, Never Die, uh, like I said, it's a great tune and a, and a great tribute to a, to a great guy. I saw Jacob. But um, would you ever consider it or to be blasphemous? Would you ever consider like uh, like during one of your um, uh, other projects, would you ever uh, blast that song out? Like if you were doing – you know, I'm not trans, not trans Siberian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like for a sun show, it would go well. Would you ever stop the, the the world for a second? Say, hey, would you ever do that? I think after the uh, after the first tour, where Sons of Apollo only had one album to draw from material wise, so we were doing a couple of Dream Theater songs in just because of Derek and Mike. Oh, I Mike. think from this point onward, we don't need to do it when we're not throwing in anybody anybody else's bands or careers or whatever into the set. Good. We have two records. And and by the time we get it to a third one, we're going to be fighting on which one stays. So I don't think there's even going to be room for adding any other stuff. But funny, I'm bringing that up, and we have Doug here because we played in in 2018. We played at the uh, the House of Blues in Anaheim, and Doug came out, and I was thinking if Doug's going to be here, and we're doing that Dream Theater song where he was a guest singer. He should be up here doing those parts, not me. So I'm up there <laughs> looking at Doug in the audience singing his vocal parts. And I'm like, this sucks. Get up here, man. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't getting up there. I was over, I was overachieving. That was 20 years ago. Dude, I would have passed out trying to scream that shit. I'm not kidding. I used, to, I used to almost have a headache doing it then. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, that, that oh. brings a question for me to Doug. Because Doug is like, you know, in my age bracket. How's your voice? <laughs> are, are you losing highs? Or I know I've lost all my highs. Uh, I, I lost a lot of stuff smoking weed. <laughs> but when I started I when I started using the filter and started taking care of my voice better, 
it's been coming back and it's it's like now it's kind of like back to a place where i can do this except i don't know how long it'll last you know what i'm saying it's like i haven't sung in a year so so yeah, I got no. I got my falsetto bag everything you know so I guess same here you know they it. they say give your voice a rest but uh, wow. I'm seventy years old too so it ain't gonna work like it used to be. Ah, that's just, just the young stuff. <laughs> however, however, on the new King's X, Doug does some of the baddest vocals he's ever done in his life. Some of the nice. best <laughs> ever on the new King's X. Hey yeah, Ty, I want to ask Ty when when you guys. Because obviously everybody brought their own songs in or whatever, or even collaborative. How did you know when it was a Thai song to sing or when it was a Doug song to sing? How did you uh, discern which ones were? Was I it based think, on the, the the mellowness of the vocal that it, it needed to come across, and then Doug just came in and crushed it? Or I think it just depends on the song. Uh, I think in the past, uh, I would end up singing stuff if Doug didn't feel comfortable with it. Or, oh, okay, and because i would always rather doug be the the first choice because he's the singer right right it added an, another element to the songs and, and i remember in the beginning i thought before i even knew anything about the band or saw any videos i remember hearing the songs and go man doug sounds really different on this song because i wasn't reading the, i was I, I was just listening to the stuff i didn't know i didn't have the album cover i didn't have the literature to know who's singing what and I was just going, wow, how's he changed his voice like that? And then I realized <laughs> when I saw you guys live, I'm like, whoa, they got two lead, they got three lead singers in this band. Yeah. Yeah. Great harmony singers, singers than, than I am. Jerry, Jerry sings very well on the new album. He wow. too. He really outdid himself. The three of you guys sing so great together in harmony. And you know, me coming from harmony background with Vanilla Fudge in Brooklyn and all that. Uh like when I first saw you that first night, I I I said, wow, these guys can sing and they can play. I mean, they're yeah. a trio. Like we were a trio too with Blue Murder, but we we didn't sing like that. You know, you guys just had the vocals like tight and amazing. Yeah, well, I guess so that's good. what happens when you're together 20 years. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Are you, did you guys actually set out to be, uh, you know, I mean, you're, the, the combination of genres that King's X really, really involves in all your songwriting all your performances is really incredible you know you've kind of landed on the whole prog rock kind of a you know if you want to talk label um started a little christian influence here i mean there's so many things going on um but would you consider king's x now uh more of a prog rock prog metal i mean what where would you put yourself right now or is it gonna be especially especially now with the new album and new uh new, new tours going out are you gonna? Are you? I don't want to say mellow because that's a terrible word to use in your context. But is, is it a little different than when you first set out and you hit the frog metal market? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we never uh, set out to be a part of the prog metal market. You, know, I, you guys are hard rock, man. You guys are yeah. hard rock, heavy hard rock in my book. Funky, you know, I, heavy I, hard rock. I think about Led Zeppelin, and every time I listen to them I, or Queen, and I think they did a whole bunch of little things to their songs like we do and right and i go well they're rock or we, we they weren't called prog you know exactly so that's what i call that's what i call us i put us in the category we're just a rock band that adventures out sometimes yeah, yeah. all right and that's a great definition because you know every almost every song 
it goes in so many different directions. You guys Sorry. were heavy. You, you guys were heavy Prague on on a Katazish record. I mean, Ty played on on two songs, and both of them were in these crazy time signatures. And and uh, and uh, while Doug Doug's song was a little more gospel, your song that you did, you know, it was like heavy gospel, you know. We but, certainly uh, don't mind laying down a little Prague every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, you know, it was awesome. Well, that's exactly we, we'll do anything if we can. Yeah. <laughs> and you do. And, that, and, and yeah. that's the best part, you know, you, you just to be adventurous. That's that's the most yeah. exciting part about being creative. When you're just stuck in your box and you gotta you, you gotta do what's expected, that's no fun, you know. You know, you guys, yeah. and I that's what I, I loved about everybody that's talking here. You you guys I, all knew that you gotta go outside that box in order to just even feel good inside. Exactly. I told exactly. a story about Robert Plant, right? When he, he was talking to me, and he was saying that he's sick of singing Led Zeppelin. He was sick of singing Led Zeppelin. And he said, not like your career. You had Vanilla Fudge, you had Cactus, you played with Jeff, you played with Rod. And he starts naming off all these bands. And I go, yeah, I guess, you know, it was nice playing all different stuff. And I, I wasn't playing, you keep hanging on all my life, you know? And, uh, but then I said to him, well, Look at my bank account. Look at yours. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I always say. I would be in ACDC, and I would love getting $100,000 a night. I would play 16th notes all night long. Well, what about your artist integrity, man? I got, no, I got to tell you. I got to tell you a story. I'm going to buy some. Can, can Wait, I tell you? Hey, Doug, before that, I got to ask you one question. On behalf of these guys, would you sing Lover Boy? No. Yeah, now, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Because I don't I think I could. Lover Boy is one of my have. favorite bands. We no. did. Everybody, oh, you see? everybody, you see? everybody working for the weekend. We used to do that. that in clubs. We no way. Yes, we did. And I love that yeah. song. I love his voice. Uh, yeah. Mike Reno, uh, brother. He can sing. I, I forgot what I was going to say. Get next out here, Get next out. Sorry, Doug. We had this conversation before you guys got out. The drum parts are just aren't there to keep it interesting, you know, as a drummer. But uh, vocals, oh. are good. Yeah. I was going to tell you a real quick story about ACDC. Bass player, what's his name? Um, Cliff. Cliff. Uh, we were on tour with ACDC, and we were in England. Cliff, yeah. And uh, Cliff asked me to go with him to this uh, bass. Uh, store. It was like a boutique mon pa like bass place with all these really crazy basses. I went in there with him and um, he picked up a bass and he was going to try this one bass out and he started playing Jaco Pastoris licks and Ooh. Stanley Clark shit. And I looked at him and I said, dude, I said, how come you don't play like that with, with ACDC? He says, oh, I can't. I have to just play the 16th notes. He says, nobody knows I can play like this. And I said, well, I'll come. I'm go I said, wow. I'm going to tell everybody that I know. Wow, you just told nice. you just told some thousands of people on this. That's wow. right. Now I hope so. Now he can play. He can play some bass. And another thing too is I got to play through his rig. He couldn't come to soundcheck wow. one time. Right. Him, him and Angus and uh and, and Malcolm actually, but me and drummer and Brian and I guess guess who some. I can't remember. Oh, it was Jerry played drums. Anyway, huh. I got to play through his rig for a sound check, and uh, it was nice. a lot of fun. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But you know, Carmen, you said it before when we were talking about the different genres, and you say, "No, no, they're they're a hard rock band. They're a folk. 
rock band. Well, think about what you're saying. Funk and rock wasn't together at the beginning, but look what they've done. They funk yeah. rock and made it heavy metal. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love the soul. music fills my theater. I think, I, I think all these bands in the 80s that heavy the labeled heavy metal just really hard rock bands. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where that, that label really started, you know. You know, but when I went I, to I, when I, consider, I consider Metallica and that that's genre, metal. That's heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, Dio and, and Ozzy and all these guys, you guys, cactus, hard rock. Mean, way back then. ACDC, yeah. Deep Purple, it was all hard, hard rock, Led Zeppelin, hard rock. But yeah. where, where does metal come in, like the Shredders? Where does that come in as far as you're concerned? Well, all that heavy metallic guitar sound like Metallica. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that buzzsaw kind of guitar yeah, sound. Where, where the, where the it, drummers, it, 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 the drummer don't Priest follow too. the bass. The drummer don't follow the bass, he follows the guitar. Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, the Godfathers. Oh, yeah. Right. They, they they started metal. That's where it really started. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's uh, tell me a little bit about the, the the new project, the new album on King's X. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ty? <laughs> uh, or we could talk recipes. What do you want? Uh, no, we're, 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 you guys go outside the box. We, tell we, me, we, you guys we, went outside we, the box. We we want to talk about it. We yeah. We're, we're, I, 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 the way I feel about it is I'm so excited about it and I have such an expectance about it that I just don't know what to say mm. because we've just been starting to get mixes from Michael and I get to run out to Pasadena and just hear some, you know, hear little things and stuff. And I just have to walk away and go, fuck, you know, it's like, that's, that's, this is what everybody's been waiting for from us. You know, and I hope, and, and I, I shudder and I think, well, I hope, I hope it's as good as I think it is, you know, and I don't like much of the, anything that I do. So, so we're well, now for the important question, Doug, uh -huh. when do we get to hear it? You know, since, since the pandemic happened and since there, there's, you know, nobody's touring, yeah. nobody's doing anything, we're, we're going to have to do this right. Yeah. You know, you know, you put a record out, you tour, you you do the videos, yeah. you do the whole the whole thing. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. we got to wait till it's time to do that. And I that's just, you, you know, uh, because I, I feel this record is that important to us. Mm -hmm. It could be our last record. You know? Right. Right. And wow. and and we have put our hearts and soul into this record uh, like we did back in the Gretchen days. You know, we just we, we just poured our heart out. So we're excited about it. And sonically. Sonically, Michael Parnin is just a master at tone. Wow. And in in this record is as analog as it can possibly be. Mm, that's cool. Damn. That's cool. But well, if you guys need any far-fetched album titles, I got a million for you. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> but we, yeah. we These guys got good. a couple. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, got, we got a couple. <laughs> yeah, we just have a couple. Is there a um, is there a, a a particular single that you're thinking that's oh my god this is this is if Gretchen was a person she'd love this. I don't know about a single. I know for me there are about five songs that could fight each other out to be the single. Yeah. And at the and on the other hand, there's some experimental stuff that uh, reaches pure brutality at places, and uh, then there are other areas where. It doesn't get any more laid back '60s with vocals. Yeah. It I goes always, all over the place. But I will say, 
I always say I always say from Jen to Penny Lane. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and it's That's everybody stressed. stepped up so much further than anything I ever expected that uh, I'm the same as Doug. I'm afraid to talk about it because yeah. I haven't felt this way about music we've done since the very early days. Wow. Were you, were, you in the studio together? were you in the studio together to record it? Yeah. Like in one yeah. room? Yeah. And you did analog? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, analog, well there, there's some digital involved. It's just that all signals getting there is as analog as possible. Yeah. With a lot of warmth. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like when we did our guitars, we did it all analog. Remember those days? Yeah, we, we nobody used them. We had an we had the tape machines running. Two inch tape. Yeah. Well, and, and even today, those those tracks sound tremendous today. Yeah. Oh, you can't you analog. can't beat it. You really can't, can't beat it. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. A lot of can't. people are going back, and I tell you what, some people we've spoken to that um, during this pandemic situation, they're really thinking it's, it's given them more time to think about that and spend time on the analog. Uh, uh, mm. analog process um which we're going to see a lot of great new music i mean it's you know we hope that there's an upside thing and the upside that a pandemic is i think we're gonna get a lot of great new music out of mm -hmm. it and most people don't realize the reason why an album costs it so much because you you if you're lucky you fit three songs maybe king's x were able to squeeze four in because you guys three, sometimes yeah. <laughs> three, three, when three, you yeah, sometimes yeah <laughs> when you stripe the tape you you, you it's right. a 350 dollar we had eight songs on an album vanilla fudge eight songs yeah that's what we used to do like eight six minutes four minutes five minutes six minutes yeah 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 <clears throat> wish we could do that multiple nowadays. takes multiple takes you right. may fill up a whole reel with one song absolutely yeah, that's right true. I can't yeah. imagine Sons of Apollo doing one. We, we probably have to do like <laughs> have to string two machines together with one long ass tape yeah right <laughs> you get those guys running like oh where do Just I sing in here <laughs> where, uh, where are we? We've talked to a couple of you know Billy guys about the uh, Suns, but you know what is the status of Suns with regards to recorded music? Have you guys got something coming out? Work on some new stuff. We're oh. we're holding on to exactly what Doug was talking about. We have unfinished business. We started our tour last year, mm -hmm. and we we're gaining so much ground, gaining so much momentum, even more so than the first album, first tour, and it got mm -hmm. pulled. You know, we had to come home after four shows in Europe. Wow. And yeah. we, I think the, the main consensus we decided we want to tour for that album. We did a great record, our second record, so good. If we go and do a third one, not only that one gets it gets forgotten about because of the whole pandemic thing, but now we got three albums to choose from doing live stuff. And there's there's no way you can do all the songs you want to do in a live set. Well, we can, but it'll be like a Bruce Springsteen night. Everybody be like, by the end of the show. <laughs> but Thank you. We owe it. <laughs> We owe it to that record, and we owe it to ourselves in making that record that we want to be able to go out there and fit, do our unfinished business. So that's the first. We're not going to do any new music until we do that tour, until we do the MMXX 2020, whatever you want to call it, the name of the album. We do that tour, get that out of the way, then we can dive into with with the whole fresh incentive of doing album number three. Well, I'm looking Are forward. Are you just doing that to sell the old T-shirts? <laughs> I would. Before, Morton actually made a funny joke about that because obviously we're the posters they already amended it. We, we got the the big purple poster, yes. spent a lot of money. We just crossed out the, yeah. the O and put a. One. I love it. I'd buy one. There you go. <laughs> hey, so we're gonna way. do it with a, a red sharpie. Yep. I mean, yeah. it's like that for everybody. I'm sure Vinny's been yeah. doing some last in line. We have a new cactus record to, ready to go, mm. and you know, and it's like, yeah. 
what are you going to do? You got to wait till yeah. something opens up where we'll be able yeah. to. I've just been yeah. throwing albums out galore because I don't I don't know when I'm going to be able to tour again. So in the meantime, I'm staying yeah. creative and just churning it out yeah. and doing what I have to just not only stay alive, but just mm -hmm. to keep everybody excited about new music. But you guys yeah. are a different story. You know, you guys, all you guys here, you guys have something that's in the can that needs that it needs to harness what you know that energy that you put behind it. So I get it. Well, I could tell you from a from a venue standpoint. And, you know, the people in my part of the industry and all we're talking, we're feeling really good about August, September, October. I mean, we really mm. are. So, you know. What, of next year? Next year? No, no. Cheap Trick just announced their Australian tour. Cheap Trick's going out, I think, at the end of April. They're, they're starting their Australian tour. So yeah. because Australia, they, they, they've got no cases. They're, so they're opening yeah, it back up wow. in the next couple wow. months. Yeah. Why? Because they wore masks? Uh, <laughs> oh. so, you, so you know what I'm saying? I'm saying we need to, we need to book an Australian tour ASAP. Everybody <laughs> go yeah. to Australia. <laughs> hey, guys, one thing, one good thing about us all being old, we may all get the uh, vaccine sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine. All right. Doug, what about you? Have I got mine? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people I'm, don't want to get it. I know. Here's the way I look at it, and 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 I might be wrong, and I hope I'm not. But I've never been vac inoculated in my whole life from the time I was born. I was born in 1950. We were too poor, and they didn't do it. So right. I don't get anything. I hardly ever get sick. I've had the flu three times and four times my whole life. You know. So even when I go to the doctor and tell them that I haven't, they just say you must be immune. I'm hoping that I take care of myself. I eat right. I, I I pump enough stuff in me to give me everything I need to 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 keep my immune system up to par. So all I can do is keep going until I die. You know. Now, how do you guys feel? Since we're on the subject, how do you all feel that if the rule or the mandate comes, the only way we can tour again is if we're vaccinated? If we we you cannot get on that stage unless you then show. I will do it. I'll do it. Okay. And I, and I, and I prepared myself for that. Because I know a lot of people said that I will do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about, well, what if you can't fly anywhere and do anything? What are you going to do? And I go, well, I'm going to get it. What the fuck yeah. else? Yeah, well, you know, know right, now, <laughs> right now they have a, the mandate. So if you go out of the country, you have to be mm -hmm. tested to come back. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're mm -hmm. somewhere like a, we have a house out of the country and we, we were there, we came back two days before that went into, into uh, effect. But if you out of the country and you get tested and you're positive, mm -hmm. you got to stay come there back fourteen yeah. days. Yeah, you know, fourteen days ain't nothing. Or, and and sometimes we, it's longer because I've had friends of mine who were positive for a month. Mm -hmm. You know, we did so. we did that, that Trans Siberian Orchestra live stream thing because mm -hmm. obviously we had to cancel the the norm the normally the, we do the big tour, so yeah. we did one live stream show, and going into it, going into the rehearsals, you had to be tested, make sure you were, yeah. and we had to test and quarantine before mm -hmm. leaving home. We yeah. landed and tested. We tested every day antibody. Where, where were you? Where'd you do it? We were in Nashville. In Nashville. So we we tested every day. We um we had to wear masks during the entire day during the time. Unless you're singing or eating, you have to leave the mask yeah. on. Social dis the whole night. Wow. They were not risking it. We were I got like you. NBA bubble rules, but it was intense and like oh my god, nine hours with that thing on it. It can drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then so it was the same thing. I got I had to get a test before I got on mm. the plane to come home. I got a test when I got like five days after I got home as I quarantined. It was, you, you just, 
it's the rules, man. You gotta, you yeah. gotta know. Yeah, well, I, now, just, I just figured when we get to that point, I'll do it. Um, yeah. For my, now, for my, bir- for my birthday, we had to drive back for my birthday. And, I was there, and you were. And uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, uh, ex, she, uh, she made sure that I got. I mean, she made me get tested before we yeah. could have the party. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not against it. I'm just too lazy to get up and go do it. <laughs> since Carmine got, since Carmine got the uh, vaccine, he started wearing light color button down shirts. Oh, <laughs> I ain't taking it then. And he used to wear that. black. It used to uh, wear black hey, like that. I, I, I forgot <laughs> to wear the hat. Look at what, we forgot the hat, too. Oh, my God, you do. Oh, come what on, Vinny. Fuck? What about the shirt I used to wear and used to say, what are you wearing, your sister's blouse? Remember that? <laughs> did I really say that to you? No, uh, Vinny said that. Oh, I did. Uh-huh. I said it to him. Vinny was saying that. Hey, Carmine, did you get the second shot? Did you get no, the second one February, February, oh, February. Yeah, 22nd. But Vinny, the, the, the thing with the show is Vinny would always bust Ron's balls about his T-shirts, right? So I said, you know, I'm just going to bust Vinny's balls. I'm going to wear like a sparkle shirt from stage every, every like show. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about sparkle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an old Ludwig kid. Sequins and all kinds of – some old, like old, old Slingerland kid. Yeah. And then our sister movie. called. She wanted the shirt back. <laughs> I know Carmine was doing some kind of Liberace tribute that night. I don't know what was going on. And then, and then our our guy Steve Love, who's producing this show, he said, "Man, wear some light color shirts." So I'm wearing a light color shirt. Why? What kind of advice is that? What the hell is that about? You know, you, did you play you, any Lover Boy? <laughs> <laughs> we got Lover Boy on next week. Give us a big care. Uh, I like, love them. I love them. I know all their songs. Tell Vinny my, didn't want to play any. Tell that guy. I love came him. up with a new poster for the show, and there's a fucking acoustic guitar in it. Yeah. I said, "Who the fuck plays acoustic guitar with everybody that's been on this show?" <laughs> you know, we do once in a while, but come yeah, on, maybe maybe Bumblefoot. Maybe Bumblefoot had an acoustic guitar once. I yeah, tell but them, it's you know, they have to be our opening numbers. So that you got to have an electric guitar first. Yeah, yeah. The answer, my friend, is blowing <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now getting all the backstage stuff of the show going. Right? See, the reason I bust, Ron, I bust Ron's balls about a shirt is because they're not really legal shirts. Yes, you notice? Look at that. It's like a. Oh yeah, the Sons of Apollo King's Egg shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a real. That's official. And, <laughs> this is, this fucking is square of, thing. That's what we toured together in '87, right? Awesome. <laughs> Out of respect to our guest, this is a. Yeah. You think this good? I want one. I, I want me one. too. That's oh awesome. no. He's uh, like one of them after the show. What I do every week. Look, being with these brothers, I feel like they're little brother, and I and I get picked on, and I'm looking for sympathy here. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, Vinny, hey, Vinny Carmen, I, is I it true? Like, I'll send. I'll oh. take a small. What? <laughs> <laughs> is it true you guys got a third brother, and he goes by the name uh, Peachy? Yeah. A peach, yeah. a peach. So, what is? Let's let's settle it right now. I'm sure you've already done it, but what is the proper? It's not you. Nobody's gonna tell me, right? Who you're talking to? Yeah. yeah, a piece. If you talk to my brother, it's a peach. Okay, what does your mother say? Or his mother said. She, she passed away. She uh, no, no, no. That's why I said said. What, what did your mother say? What did your father say? The name was Apathy. Okay. Okay. There's uh, albums. I, I used to be Apathy. Yeah, he right? was Apathy. And, and then I went, every time I played, 
you know, somebody would call me a piece, a piece and I'd go, no, it's apathy. So finally, when I joined Rod Stewart way back in 76, Rod said, you got like five different names. <laughs> what do most people call you? I said, a piece. He goes, why don't we go by Carmine a piece? So when I'm doing your solo, you do your solo and I go in front of 10, 15,000 people every night, I go, Carmine a piece on drums and it's one way. I said, great. So that was great. Until Vinny so then, came out, then, uh, <laughs> right, right. and he went with Apathy uh, and missed everybody. Carmine played with Ozzy, and he's and he used to do okay. the drum solo. And Ozzy would go, "Carmine, a piece." And so later on, I played with <laughs> Ozzy and Sabbath, and they didn't even talk about it. But the first night, he introduces and he goes, "And Vinny, a piece." I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> so the next day, I had to tell him in the hotel lobby, "Go, hey, Oz." No, you play with Carmine, but he's a piece, and I'm apathy. And he said, <laughs> So the next night, he introduces me, and he's all nervous. It's like he's really nervous. He turns to me, he goes, And Vinny, Vinny, uh, apathy. And he got it. But he wow. was all nervous. I'm like, Wait, he's, you're the boss. It doesn't matter. <laughs> call me an asshole. I'm still going to be there the next yeah. night. Well, in the Monsters of Rock Cruise when we played together, we were introducing you as Vinny Apache. Remember, oh, hey, how uh, are yeah, Hey, how uh, And he was doing the, the Indian drum thing. Vinny Apache. I did, I, did a movie, I did a movie called Black Roses. I was in the movie playing drums, and, uh, and they said, you got two lines in the movie. What's your character going to be? I said, how about Vinny Apache? <laughs> so you, you see go. the credits at the end, Vinny Apache and my name next to it. It's hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much, man. This is I tell you, this is the kind of fun we have every week, every Thursday night yeah. on and Banging Here with these two guys. Uh, Ty Taper, Doug Pinnock, what can we say? Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Yeah, and thank you guys. With the thanks, new man, album. thanks for coming, dude. Ty, I'll be in touch, Doug. I'll be in touch, bro. All right, all right. You too, Jeff. Everybody. Everybody, we need you to slam that that share button, that like button. Tell everybody you know we're here every Thursday night. Artists on lockdown, hanging and banging. Our guest tonight, Jeff Scott, Ty Tabor, Doug Pinnock. I'm here along with the drum monster, Vinny. I don't know what his name is tonight. And Carl <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us. We'll see you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Hey, how are ya? Hey, how are ya? <laughs> now that was fun. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.